0: I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. This episode is sponsored by Freshly. Freshly delivers healthy, never-frozen, chef-prepared meals to your doorstep that you can heat and eat in under three minutes. You guys, I have been loving my Freshly meals. A lot of delivery apps have huge surcharges, and I know that some other meal kits can take hours to prepare and cook. But what's so amazing about Freshly is how affordable and convenient they make it to put nutritious meals on your table. The meals arrive at your doorstep, already prepared in a way that keeps them fresh in your fridge for up to a week, literally no freezing required, and then can be heated and enjoyed after just a few minutes. One of the best parts about Freshly is that you can trust their meals to be healthy and to work with your diet and lifestyle. Their entire menu is gluten-free, which is the way I personally prefer to eat, and you can add even more dietary preferences onto that. Each Freshly meal also features a balance of nutrition-dense ingredients quality proteins and complex carbs that help you stay full of energy and feeling good this is so important to me these days as I'm working from home and taking care of my little ones and also growing baby number three with all that I am juggling, I know that I need to be mindful of how I'm taking care of myself and Freshly allows me to do just that. One of my favorite Freshly meals I just had recently is their chicken tikka masala. You guys, the chicken thighs, the veggies, the rice topped with the fragrant creamy sauce. Oh, so delicious. Tasted so fresh. You would never have guessed that this was an easy microwavable meal we put on the table in less than five minutes. I was impressed and I am super excited today I get to offer you guys $15 off of your first Freshly order when you visit the website tryfreshly.com forward slash mom empowered if you are wanting to preserve your time and energy for the things that matter most Freshly's healthy and convenient meal service really is the way to go again when you use the website tryfreshly.com forward slash mom empowered you get $15 off of your first order try Freshly now All right, you amazing mamas. I am so honored to share with you today my conversation with Rachel Anderson on her motherhood journey and advocacy journey since the diagnosis of her son, Caleb, with Down syndrome. Rachel's heart and work is so inspiring, as is her story. And what I especially love about our conversation is the encouragement and truth she offers to both parents who have kids with special needs and parents who don't. I hope you walk away from today's episode with an even deeper understanding of how we collectively can come alongside those with special needs and advocate for more equal rights as well as create a more inclusive environment. I also hope you take the time to sign the petition for Caleb's Law, which Rachel shares more about and I include the link for it in the show notes. Another way you can show your support is to share this episode with your friends and in your Instagram stories and tag both Rachel and myself. We'd love for you to spread the word about the work Rachel is doing and I know it would also mean so much for us to hear what today's episode meant to you. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Rachel. Hey,
1: Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing to be on here with you, and I just love your ministry, and it is incredible. It's been such a blessing to um, just get to prepare for this and get to meet with you today. So,
0: Yes. Well, I, can I just say that I am very honored to be like the first podcast where you are getting to talk about your motherhood journey in this way. Um, and I know that, you know, our listeners are going to be so blessed and just so joyful to hear your perspective, because I think that the things you're going to say are things that we need to hear from moms. Um, especially moms who have kids with special needs. I just, I think it's just your story is so beautiful and the way that you share it with us is really just amazing. Um, So I'm really excited for this conversation too. Uh, Before we dive in, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your family and I guess just what the season of life looks like for you right now?
1: Yeah, so um, my name is Rachel Anderson. I am 23 years old, and I am married to Cody. Um, he is amazing. He is also 23. We got married when we were 20 years old, um, so or 21 years old, so we were pretty young. And um, just excited to get life going, start a family, um, and just do ministry together. Uh, and our life just just made a turn <laughs> for the most unexpected. We had no idea um, what was coming, and it is so crazy to just look back two years ago when we got married and be like, wow, like, how are we here? And this is how far we've come and how God uh, is just using our story. Um, We are living in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We just moved to, I was born and raised in Vegas and Cody was raised here. And we just moved back here from New Mexico um, a few months ago. And we are so happy to be back uh, with family and just with all of the friends we went to college with. Um, It's been really cool. And um, I am very, very involved in the Down syndrome community. I am an advocate for the disability community here in Nevada. Um, And yeah, so our life kind of just looks like our one-year-old son, Caleb, going to therapy four days a week. He is the happiest boy ever. He lives such a happy life. He's so joyful. Um, And my husband and I are kind of just learning how to step in and lean into our calling as special needs parents. And it has been super great for our hearts we have an amazing community here and are so incredibly blessed
0: Mm, thank you for for giving us that that inside look and it's so funny because um, my husband and i we got married when i was 21 as well and then we got pregnant three months after getting married and and so it's just our stories are very similar. and we you know we're also young you know um i am 25 so i just love connecting with other young moms um, and seeing the strength that we have as young moms, Um, you know, it really just, I don't know, it just blows my mind sometimes to think about how much life we've lived you know, in just our, our early twenties, we've really lived life. Um, and, and, and in the best way possible, you know, we're, we're raising our family and, you know, we are doing amazing things. You are definitely doing amazing things. Um, can you, for, for the listeners, can you maybe dive a little bit into, um, Caleb's diagnoses? Because I know that he has more than just Down syndrome. I know that he has also had some things with his heart. Um, cause you just maybe give us that quick breakdown of what's going on
1: with Caleb. Yeah, so um Caleb is 1 year old and he has is actually right now the healthiest he's ever been in his entire life. The first about um, nine months of his life, we were in and out of the hospital constantly. He probably spent as many days in the hospital as he did at home those first Mm. um, nine months or so. And, you know, that was really challenging. Um, Caleb was a preemie. He was born at 34 weeks with severe um, inner uterine growth restriction, meaning that he stopped growing um, or the doctor said he stopped growing around 29 weeks so he was tiny when he was born at 34 weeks. They were able, um, and I'll get more into this when, you know, we kind of talk about my journey, but they were able to keep him in um, miraculously from 29 weeks all the way to 34, which is incredible. Um, he really is a fighter. And um, so those are two diagnoses that he'll just have for his whole life. You know, The IUGR being a little smaller and being a preemie and then also the Down syndrome. Um, when he was born, he was diagnosed with chronic lung disease. Um, a lot of, you know, preemies have that. And Caleb's been on oxygen almost his entire life. We're weaning him off of oxygen now, which is incredible. I really like just wanted him to get off of it by his first birthday. And I, we think that's going to happen. So that is um, such a blessing. And then Caleb also has a congenital heart defect. He did have two holes in his heart. Um, but we recently just found out that those moderate sized holes that they thought, um, he may need open heart surgery for has completely closed by the grace of wow, God. So we yes. are so incredibly blessed. It literally still gives me chills um, when our doc we he his lung collapsed. Caleb's lung collapsed probably about two months ago, and um, he still had the holes in his heart when that happened. And we went to, for our follow up appointment probably two weeks after that, and they were like Rachel, we just can't. There's no holes anymore. And I was like, that's not possible. And they were like, no, like it is like this happens sometimes. And he has just soared since then. It's been so incredible to just watch him finally be healthy for the first time. So it's such a blessing. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I remember seeing that. Well, I remember he was in the hospital for what you guys thought was maybe COVID, um, so yes. now it wasn't COVID very thankfully, but yeah, like that progression and then also getting the news that that had happened. That's amazing. Um, that's so amazing. So let's let's talk about your pregnancy journey then, because I feel like this is kind of the part where, I mean, you were thrust into this world of okay, like, you know, I'm going to have a special needs son, you know, we're kind of having to wrap our minds around what this means for our family. This is something that, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's a lot of women's fear, you know, it's their worst fear, but you handled it so strongly and with so much grace. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that journey and, and also some of the reactions that you received um, while on that journey, both from your friends and your family and also from your doctors, because I know that you've had mixed reactions for sure.
1: Yes, for sure. Um, and you know, it's crazy cause this motherhood journey has felt like it's went on for years and it's really only been like a year <laughs> and so, or, you know, a year and nine months or whatever. And so it's so crazy, um, just to see like everything that has happened. Um, but when I got pregnant for the first time, um, we were super excited. And then I actually ended up having a miscarriage and, um, it just wrecked me. It wrecked my world. I really, really struggled. And, um, I was just so heartbroken and I didn't know if I could survive. I wasn't sure if my marriage could survive it. Um, and then I ended up getting pregnant with Caleb, like just a few weeks after. And, um, I, when I found out like Fear and hope totally coincided, but I immediately already felt like something was wrong. So from the first, like from the second, I was pregnant. I had this feel, like this um, feeling of, em- like this empty feeling that I didn't, couldn't really know, like what was going to happen. But I had this, like, th- like I knew something bad was happening, um, and I was really struggling. And so we um like kind of like wrestled with it prayed about it and i was just like okay i'm fine i just kind of tossed that feeling off to me having a miscarriage and moved on and um i went in for my first appointment and the doctor was doing an ultrasound and um or the ultrasound tech and she just kind of didn't really say anything and let us go into the room and then they came back in and were was like, we need to do another ultrasound. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. At this point, you know, I'm like 10 or 11 weeks pregnant. It was my first one. And they had found out that the nuchal thickening on the neck, on Caleb's neck, was um, like thicker than it was supposed to be. And so they recommended that we do um, non-invasive prenatal testing. And so they took my blood that day. And then they were like, we're gonna send you off to a specialist right away to find out. Um, and I remember leaving the doctor, the doctor's office and being like, I really think my kid has down syndrome. Like I just like, that's the first thing um, that popped into my head. And I was like, you know, it was so weird that God gave me those words, Down syndrome, because I haven't really experienced much within the Down syndrome community. Um, I've always had a heart for special needs and the differently abled um, since I was a kid and was also always very, very inclusive when it came um, to people with special needs. And Uh, I, I was just kind of lost at the fact that God gave me those words, you know, down syndrome. How was I a 23 or 22 year old girl supposed to handle this? Um, and then Cody, my husband was like, no, it's probably nothing. You know, it's probably just a fluke. And I was like, true, probably just a fluke. So we drove three hours, um, to the specialist, went to the specialist. They did an ultrasound and they're like, oh, it was a fluke. There's nothing wrong. And we were like, oh, great. So we get back in the car um, after the specialist. This was a week after the first appointment. And he, um, and I get a call from my regular OB in our town. And she goes, Rachel, I just got your NIPT back. And I want you to know that you're having a boy, but there's also a 9 out of 10 chance that your kid has Down syndrome. And I was like, we just left the specialist. And they told us we, he didn't have Down syndrome. And, they were, and she was like, OK, well, I recommend getting an amnio um, or a CVS, which is very similar to an amnio. And I was like, "All right." So I was like, "I'll think about it," because again, there's high risk for miscarriage with that. Um, and we prayed on it, and then we decided ultimately that we would rather be prepared if we were going to have a kid with Down syndrome. That um, it wasn't going to be something we terminated either way. Um, you know, I'm I'm a Christian and very pro-life, and um, my choice. To- like I like nothing would make me. Um, you know lose my child after already suffering such a detrimental loss, um, with my first. And I just like knew that either way, um, I just wanted to be prepared. And so we went ahead with the amnio and then um, the rest of my genetic testing came back after the amnio, and Cody and I both found out that we were carriers of cystic fibrosis. And so on top of the Down syndrome diagnosis, um, they had asked me if I wanted to do a second amnio because I didn't get enough, enough fluid from the first to check whether he had CF2 or not. Um, so we just decided that you know if he had CF, we'd find out when he was born and we were already gonna be prepared in the best hospital possible because he was he had Down syndrome. And um, so that was just a whole nother thing that totally rocked my world. Um, and I just really didn't know what it was gonna be like. And as we started to tell people about the Down syndrome diagnosis, um, the responses we got were super different. We got a lot of I'm so sorry. And then we also got a lot of, oh yeah, my daughter's test came back positive for Down syndrome. And, you know, she didn't have it. And I was like, well, you know, we actually had like the amniocentesis where they check the actual DNA and, you know, he has Down syndrome. And there are still people like to this day. And Caleb's one. And they're like, oh yeah, I don't think he has Down syndrome. And I'm like, yeah, he definitely has Down syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. I, Mm. I have the list of the extra chromosome. And so people, you know, tell me all the time that. And it's not, it's not that. I'm ever, have ever been in denial, but it's that people around me always will be because it's not their kid. So, um, one of like the biggest things that we had to do with our families was say, you know, he does have it kind of show them and say, like, like, we're going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) as we kept doing further testing, um, you know, we got the official down syndrome diagnosis. We found out about the CF and then, um, I started to get really, really sick. I was put on bed rest probably around 20 weeks. Um, and I just could not get out of bed. It was so disconnected from everything around me. So disconnected from my husband. It was so hard on our marriage um and i just didn't know how to function like i knew i was having this baby with down syndrome i was mourning the loss of the expectations i had of a normal child um and all of the and which i really didn't have anything to mourn because honestly caleb can do anything he sets his mind to it's just going to take a little more time but back then i really didn't know that and um i was so so fearful of all of the 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 fear that's instilled to you, into you when you meet with like a genetic counselor and a geneticist. And, um, so we continue to go through all of this testing because I continued to get more sick. And then eventually we found out that the blood flow from the placenta to Caleb was absent, um, and started to actually, uh, reverse and like go backwards. And, um, so we were sent to the hospital three hours away when Caleb was, when I was 29 weeks pregnant with, and they gave him steroid shots and they were like, we're probably going to have to deliver him within the next few days. Well, he ended up lasting and, um, he was born at 34 weeks. And during that period of when I was sick, I mean, it was hard. I had was really sick. I was having seizures all the time, like seizure after seizure. Um, I have a seizure disorder that is, um, basically almost like a stress response and uh, when there's stress or a lot of pain on my body um, and I can't like, like deal with it basically my body will go in like my nerves will go into like just full-on seizure modes and and I'll just continuously have seizures and it is no fun and I was miserable um I ended up having an emergency c-section at 34 weeks because Caleb's heart rate kept going down and they were basically ran into the room and were like get on your hands and knees we're gonna roll you in and you're gonna have a c-section right now and um I went back and um, they said, your husband will be back in a few minutes. And uh, they tried to do a spinal seven times on me so I could be awake. And unfortunately, um, without losing Caleb, they had to, they like, they would lose Caleb if they would have kept trying. So I um, had to be put under for his birth, which was still so hard for me. Um, but, and not getting to, like, say bye to Cody when all that was happening. Um, I know he has, like, a lot of trauma from that because that's super scary not knowing whether your wife and son are going to make it out. And Um, but thankfully he was born and, um, he was not the healthiest, but he was in the NICU and, um, just fought to the finish and he has came so far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, that's, it's heavy,
0: you know, like i am not, I'm not gonna, like, I don't know what else to call it. It's heavy. Um, it's, inspiring, but in a way where like, you know, one of the things you said that really stuck out to me was that you said that you kind of like had to be a strength, like a firm source of strength for other people during a time when you were also struggling and you were also sick and you were also having to deal with your own fear. And I'm wondering like, was it hard to be such a fighter when you were maybe at your sickest or at your lowest, or did it just come naturally because you knew this is my child? I need to fight for him. Like, like I don't, I don't know if that question makes sense, but what was that like having to be both
1: strong but also feeling really weak? Yeah, um, I think as a mom, I you know when you when the second you become pregnant, you become a mom. Mm -hmm. Like you don't become a mom when you have your kid, you become a mom when that baby is created inside of you. And I think I just went into survival mode. I'm a type two on the Instagram and I um, just like love to serve others and help others. And I felt like it was my job to help others Mm -hmm. through our diagnosis um, and explain to them that it was going to be okay. And because a lot of our family members, you know, they also have fears. I mean, our parents and grandparents, um, they were definitely scared and it took them a lot longer than Cody and I to come to the realization, um, without the denial of, okay, my or my grandkid is going to have Down syndrome. Um, and so that was also really, um, interesting because I, I do, I dealt with a really bad, um, like, like anxiety when I was pregnant. Like I just had constant anxiety. I was in a constant state of fear. Um, and so working through serving other people while not having your cup filled just doesn't really work. So, um, when I was just, you know, trying to, um, give to others, I also had to like take a step back and pray and sit with Jesus and have faith and knowing that no matter what, this was God's plan for my life. And that, um, when our families would kind of come to terms and when our friends would accept the fact that our kids were having down syndrome, um, things would kind of go back to normal and they totally have. It just, it takes every single person, a you know, more time or less time. Everyone's different and everyone processes things differently. Um, things I think got harder for me when, doctors started to, um, encourage like termination. And at this point, like people didn't like, we got offered termination when we found out and then, um, not until I got pretty sick. So around when I was 29, 30 weeks pregnant, we had a NICU doctor, um, really encourage us to terminate and tell me I wasn't capable. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't going to be able to handle a special needs kid. I was ruining my husband's life. I was ruining my life by bringing a baby like this into the world. And I think that's really where my strength and advocacy s- stepped in. Like I knew that God called me to be this kid's son, this kid kid's mom and he it was my son and I was going to do whatever I could to serve him and love him and show the world that he was worthy. And so I think my strength really came from that. Um, before that, you know, I still struggled. I was serving others, not really filling my cup. But at that point I was able to say, okay, like I know where I stand and I'm going to go from here and I'm just going to do it well. And I'm going to pour everything into loving my son and shouting his worth."
0: Mm, Yeah. And it's very interesting to hear like even how your Enneagram number has like played a role in the way that you have handled um, this past year, these past two years really. Um, Okay. So Caleb was born and then now you are a mom of a child with special needs, you know, and you are spending his first year of life in and out of the hospital. Talk to me about some of you know, I, 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 can imagine what some of the lows of that first year were, but I want to hear about some of the highs, you know, like what were some of the best parts
1: of this past year? I honestly, um, just getting a new perspective, Jesse, like mm-hmm. I, like the perspective that like the way you look at God, the way you look at people, the way you look at your family, the way you look at your kids changes when you have a kid with special needs, because um, your your world just opens up to like this whole new new world. Like until like when you're special need, when you're not a special needs parent and then you become a special needs parent you are welcomed into this community and just hugged with open arms. I mean, the down syndrome community is one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I, some of my greatest friends now have kids with down syndrome. Um, and I learned so much for them. We pray for each other. We pray with each other. We lift each other up. We talk each other through our marital issues. Um, we <laughs> do all of We do all of it and we all do it together. It truly takes a village. And I am so thankful for the village that Caleb's diagnosis has given me. Um, Another one that is a super high for me is just um, kind of that God has called me into my true passion through his diagnosis. I want him to be included. And I know me shouting his worth is going to get him there. Um, as we continue to like, like my whole platform is just about shouting inclusion and shouting Caleb's worth and shouting the worth of people with down syndrome. And um, one thing that I never expected was that I would find my calling in serving (laughs) families with special needs. And I totally have. And that's been such a blessing for me. Another amazing high of my motherhood Um, year has been watching my parents become grandparents and the way Mm. they love their um, they love Caleb I was really nervous that um, Caleb would be treated differently because he had Down syndrome and not just in my family but also in my husband's family and that um, he might be overlooked or he might um, just not be seen as worthy and if anything it's the total opposite (laughs) Caleb is definitely um the favored grandchild right now. And and it's uh and I it's just really just blown me out of the park to see the support and love um that my parents have. They want to take him to therapy so they can learn when they watch him how to help him and just things like that. And it's just so cool to see their perspective change and how um whenever they go in public and you know, see someone else with Down syndrome, instead of, you know, kind of just staring, they'll go up to them and say, Hey, you know, we're part of the lucky few too, And I'm like, mom, you can't be that forward. <laughs> and like, she's like, no, I can be, I want them to know that, that they're seen and they're known and they're loved. Mm. And I think that is so beautiful because, um, that was not definitely not the perspective that like our families had never experienced really a kid with special needs. And so, um, the different perspective for our parents has been beautiful to watch.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Um, especially just the way that your mom is like, no, I want them to feel seen and I want them <laughs> yeah. to feel loved. I mean, that's huge. Um, what is something that you most want moms of children with special needs to hear? And then on the flip side, what is something that you most want moms who don't have children with special needs? What do you want them to know?
1: Yeah. Um, So to the special needs parents, God gives special needs children to regular parents who choose to step up and lean into their calling and be strong for their child. Your special needs child will teach you life lessons that you could never anticipate. And eventually you learn how to be the parent your baby needs. Um, One poem that really changed my life, and I would love to read it to you real quick. It's not very long. Um, It's called Welcome to Holland. But when I read this after I got our Down syndrome diagnosis, um, it really did change my perspective. So I'm just going to read it to you real quick. It's by Emily Pearl Kingsley, and um, she is also a parent of a mom with Down syndrome. But she said, I am often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel. It's like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and make wonderful plans. The Colosseum, the Michelangelo David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian and it's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands. The stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy all my life. I've dreamed of going to Italy, but there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland and there you must stay. The important thing is they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of pestilence, famine and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks, and you must learn a whole new language, and you will meet a whole new group of people you never would have met. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy. Sorry, I always cry. Less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while, and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice Holland has windmills, and Holland has tulips. Holland even has remembrance. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy and they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And the rest of your life you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain that will never, ever, ever go away because the loss of that dream is a very, very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to go to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. And I love that because I didn't expect Down syndrome. And um, I didn't know that this was my story. But like God has brought me the most beautiful life through his Down syndrome diagnosis and um Like that. Sorry, that I will always cry. I'm just a super emotional person, like all the time. Um, But uh, I love it. it. It's truly like like the vulnerability is so real here because I know that like I had these expectations of being a mom with these typical kids who did cheerleading and dance and were on student council and did all of these things. And I felt like I lost all of that. But the truth is, is that Caleb can do any of that if he wants to. And if he feels called to that, but it may just take a little longer. I'm just on a detour and I'm just getting to see this new life in front of me, um, that I could have never imagined. So even though I didn't end up in Italy with a typical kid, I'm in Holland and everything is beautiful. And Mm. so, um, that's just something I always just encourage special needs parents to keep close to their heart because even though you didn't get what you expected, um, where you're going is more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. And then there's this other amazing book that you can ex- um, to explain to your other kids that you're having a baby with Down syndrome. It's called He Gave Them Something Extra by Stephanie Lariba. And it is amazing. It's a picture book and it explains, um, you know, how, you know God gave your baby an extra chromosome, and it may be a little different, but eventually they will do everything. And so it is um, really awesome. And then some um, to moms without special needs kids, um, we want to be friends with you. Like we want to be friends. Of- of moms of typical kids, you know, we the best thing you can do for the special needs community is to include us and love us just as you would love a family with only typical children. We want to help educate you and your kids and teach them how to love people of all abilities. Um, so yeah. Mm, I love that. First of all,
0: I was getting emotional as you were reading that, but I'm like, no, hold it together, Jesse, hold it together. (laughs) Um, But second of all, the, what you just said about inclusivity. I mean, I feel like this really has become such a drumbeat of the special needs community, just from what I've observed and what I've seen, you know, there really is this change, I feel like happening in our culture where we are wanting to learn new perspectives. We are wanting to hold hands with people who are different than us. Um, I mean, it's something that probably should have happened a long, long time ago, but is now becoming more prevalent and and rightfully so. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your work as this role of advocate that you have taken on um, and specifically the, the Caleb's Law that you have been working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah so um Caleb's law was actually set on my heart when I was in the hospital with Caleb in December um and I had uh, other parents had reached out to me and um they were passing kind of a similar type of law in their state um and they were like you know Rachel there's not one to like like this law doesn't exist in Nevada and I was like wait why doesn't it exist in Nevada this is an issue because if Caleb Needs this heart, like needs a heart transplant, needs a kidney transplant, then he wouldn't be able to get one. So, we created Caleb's Law, which is an organ transplant non discrimination law that is sweeping the country by a storm. Um, State by state, people are changing the narrative for those with disabilities and um, asking our communities to step up and accept them and say they deserve an organ transplant too if they need one. Because here in Nevada, if Caleb needed an organ transplant today, he wouldn't be able to get one because he has Down syndrome.
0: Mm, I love that. And, And watching you advocate for him in this way, I feel like I've learned things that I did not know about the trials that kids with special needs are facing. I didn't know about things like discrimination against them. Um, I didn't know that a law like this matters. So the work that you're doing is just amazing. Um, I mean, it's powerful. It's needed. Um, And and I want to know how can the listeners today – Um, join in this fight or at least better come around families with special needs, whether that means, you know, they're advocating in the same way or they're just being more inclusive. Like what does it look like to come around your family and other families?
1: Yeah. um, So the number one thing you can do uh, for your family and for your kids is encourage your kids to play with kids that may be a little different. Because in reality, our babies are more alike than different and desire the same relationships that typical kids do. so if we normalize them to inclusion and include in, and including everyone um, you know, and everyone is celebrating with the parents over the milestones met or um. Like those types of things, just really encouraging special needs parents and then also coming alongside them, partnering with them, teaching your typical kids about inclusion and then um, never walk on eggshells because I think the one thing that special needs parents really struggle with that we want other families to see is that you don't have to walk on eggshells with us. You can ask all of the questions Mm. because it's likely we want to educate you. We want to teach your kids to make our world a better place for our babies. Our kids all deserve to live in a world where they're seen as worthy and loved. Um, So that is the number one thing. Just teach your kids to include others because the generation we're raising up right now is the generation for change. And I truly believe that. and so, uh, another great thing you can do is that you can read them books promoting inclusion. One of our favorite ones is, um, uh, that we have, uh, I don't have other kids, but we have a lot of friends with kids. And so I always get this book for them. It's called Eli Included and it's by Michelle Sullivan. Um, she owns Littlest warrior, which is a, um, basically a shop that promotes, um, all types of special needs. She's incredible. Uh, she's a great advocate, but this book Eli included literally teaches kids, um, as young as three, four, five years old to accept their peers in any circumstance. And it is incredible. Um, so yeah. And then for Caleb's law, I really, really would love if you could sign our petition for Nevada. It doesn't matter if you live in Nevada or not. It really just matters about the number. Um, So if you could sign our petition, I would love that. It's on change.org. You can just type in Caleb's Law NV. Um, And yeah, right now we're in the process of uh, just going to the legislator. So we are in the last, the last bit of it uh, until this law is pa- passed. It'll be in the 2021 um, legislative session. So we are so excited. That's amazing.
0: Um, I'm definitely going to be linking those books in the show notes and the link to the petition. Um, I want to ask a question real quick. Do, are there more states where laws like this need to be passed? Um, yes. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about that for maybe the listener who's thinking, I want to I want to do something like this here.
1: Yeah, so um it is passed in only 12 states right now. So 12 out of 50 states people with disabilities can get organ transplant. Like that's not even half. So that's really crazy. There's mm. um moms in almost I think 22 states that are trying to pass it right now alongside me um here in Nevada. And so if you are interested in wanting to do something um, or start something like Caleb's Law, they can always reach out to me or they can look at the National Down Syndrome, um, like the National Down Syndrome site, which I can give you so you can see on there all of the states that already have it and who, um, is working on it and who doesn't have it. Um, so we're just hoping that we can just sweep the country by a storm with it and get as many passed as possible in the 2021 legislative session. I love it. I love, oh, is that Caleb? (laughs) Yeah, I love
0: it. Well, where can our listeners connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, they can connect with me on my Instagram is where I'm definitely most um, active in my advocacy journey. Um, it's Instagram, it's a little extra love. And then you can also find me online at a little extra love.com. And then also on Facebook at Caleb's law MV.
0: Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing your journey with us. I know that it's, I mean, it's a heavy one, you know, but there's also so much joy and hope and beauty and just life that just, it just oozes out of you. It oozes out of Caleb. I mean, I watch, I watch your Instagram stories and I'm just like, this kid has so much joy just built inside him. Um, you know, like that. even though they're at one point where what you would maybe call like flaws, with his heart, like his heart does not lack whatsoever, um, in Definitely love not. and joy. And, and so just thank you again for taking the time to share your story with us, um, to encourage the listeners who, you know, maybe are still needing to be educated. I know I am still needing to be educated on these things. Um, and just for offering hope to so many of us. Thank you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blessing and um, keep doing what you're doing, Jesse. I love your podcast and I know all of these listeners do too. You bring so much healing to so many of us and you are incredible and such a kingdom worker. Oh, thank you.